Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Cry Oneness. This is Joe Avalos, your host of the Cry Oneness show, where you can share your experiences, your miracles, your poetry, your music, whatever you want to share. Cry Oneness the belief that we're all connected by one spirit. We're going to start the show the way we've been starting it with the Cry Oneness prayer written by Thomas Merton. Beautiful way to get started. If you have anybody you want to forgive in your life, as this prayer is being recited, think of that person. Anybody you're having trouble with, that you're having trouble forgiving especially. Oh God, We are one with you. You have made us one with you. You have taught us that if we are open to one another, you dwell in us. Help us to preserve this openness and to fight for it with all our hearts. Help us to realize that there can be no understanding where there is mutual rejection. O God, In accepting one another wholeheartedly, fully, completely, we accept you, and we thank you, and we adore you, and we love you with our whole being, because our being is in your being. Our spirit is rooted in your spirit. Fill us then with love, and let us be bound together with love as we go our diverse ways united in this one spirit which makes you present in the world and which makes you witness to the ultimate reality that is love. Love has overcome. Love is victorious. Amen. Beautiful prayer by Thomas Merton. It so hits my heart every time I read it. It makes me understand that where there's any separation or division, there's no love. Where there's no love, there's no Jesus present. Okay, well, uh, before we go any farther, I want to finish up what we started last week. We were on the epistle 1 John, 1 through 5, and we only got to 3 because I started talking about everything so much. I really don't want to talk myself tonight, so I'd like you all to take down the number to call and think seriously about calling in tonight and uh, getting a dialogue going on. I don't want to be a teacher. you know. I, I, I love uh, the Franciscan philosophy. Preach the gospel at all times and, when necessary, use words. In other words, uh, when you're sharing your own miracles, when you're sharing your life, when you're sharing your poetry, you're sharing God, you know. You don't have to tell people what to do. You just have to show people what to do. That's what Jesus did. He came here and he showed us how to live. And we should show each other how to live the good life by imitating Jesus. Pretty simple in my mind, but very hard to do, of course. So please write down this number and call in tonight if you feel up to it. Get a pencil and paper or take out your electronic device and type this in. The phone number to call us at is 
515-604-9344. That's 515-604-9344. And when you dial that, a nice computer lady will answer the phone and say, please enter the code. And you enter the code followed by the pound sign, and the code is 914121. So after the phone is answered by the computer lady, she'll tell you to enter the code, enter 914121, and then press the pound key, and you'll be live on the air with me, so the people who have this app will be able to listen to us. Okay, so uh, we'll get into the Epistle of John now. going to read a line and make a comment on it, and if you have a comment on these readings, please call in and share how you identify with this scripture. That's what we're doing in this uh, Arise Together in Christ program at St. Joseph's in Danbury. You know, every week we have a meeting with four or five people together, and we have five minutes of prayer, followed by 15 minutes of sharing what God's doing in your life this week, and sharing what part of the gospel we put into action last week, how it went. And then we spent 40 minutes sharing on three questions after a scripture reading, and I'll tell you, it has really done an amazing job of uh, helping us gel as a little small family within the family of the church. So, this week's assignment was to uh, share one John, read John, read John 1, and read it. Don't just read it, let it sink in and pray over it and see and then share how you feel about this scripture with other people. So that's what I'm doing tonight. We started last week with 1 John 1 through 3. I think we started at 4, but we didn't have enough time, so we're going to do 4 again. We didn't finish it, and then 5. So, 1 John 4, line 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So that's line one, and I guess we have quite a few false prophets in the world, you know, people who think they're dealing with God and really are dealing with the other guy, and uh, I guess we all do that to a certain degree. You know, we don't have perfect discernment of spirits. Nobody does, and sometimes we mess up and we're tapped into the wrong power source, so uh, we can become that false prophet that's being talked about in this line, and we have to be careful. We have to try to make sure that uh, when we discern something, we're dealing with the right spirit, the spirit of God. Anybody has a comment, call in. Number two. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Hmm, that's kind of a hard one to figure out. I'm going to go on to the next line. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. 
spiritual battle in our own minds, and it's a spirit—it's a spiritual battle of good and evil. And uh, Jesus has legions of people, and the other guy has an army too. And uh, the soldiers are our thoughts, you know. I was reading this book. We have five thousand thoughts in random memory. Most common people. 5,000 thoughts in our mind at any one time. Think of it. How many spirits could that be? Line four. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Sophia, the Holy Spirit. Christ is in us. We are in Christ. And of course the other other guy has a small portion of our mind too that he operates in. So uh, it's a spiritual battle. They, number five, they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Well, the world is another word for the flesh, of course, and uh, you know you have to choose your sides. You can't love the world if you love Christ. It's impossible. Once he gets you, you can't like what you see in this world. It's, it's just too horrible what's going on right now, isn't it? Talk about Antichrist being present. Whew, these days. My God, help us. Number six. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us, heareth not us. Hereby know we, we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, you know, this is the gift of discernment. The ability to discern spirits. You know, for any of you who haven't been baptized in the Spirit, uh, I want to talk about Bob Olson a little bit here, too. You know, Bob is still ill, so please pray for him. Uh, I'm doing this show alone while I'm waiting for him to heal and come back. So please pray for a full healing for Bob Olson. A little story about Bob Olson and me. You know, way before... He asked me to be this show with him uh, beyond this. Seven years before this show, you know, he helped me with spiritual discernment. He and his wife, both wonderful lay evangelists and uh, good people. And I told Bob my story, you know, the poetry and all the stuff that was happening to me, these little miracles and things. And he said, if all, all that's going on in your life, Joe, you really need to take a Life in the Spirit course. So I went to St. Brendan's in New Haven that year and took the eight-week Life in the Spirit course that Bob and his wife administrated at times. And uh, it was an eight-week of scriptures, and, uh, and at the end, prayer warriors who had the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit prayed over us. And, you know, I was told I was going to get the gift of tongues and everything, and that did happen eventually. And uh, I'm still working on the gift of discernment, to be honest with you. You know, I still mess up. I go to meetings every day to make sure I stay in contact with people who can keep a check on me. 
you know, we all need spiritual advisors and sponsors in our lives. We can't handle this alone, you know. I like what Richard Rohr says, if you think you're going to heaven on your own power all by yourself, heaven is not the direction you're heading in. You know, he put us in this world to, to love other people and to ask for help from other people. And I still have a hard time doing that, I'll tell you, but uh, I'm a lot better at it. That's breaking the ego when you ask other people for help, and it's making them feel good when they can help you. You know, people who have to do everything themselves have a miserable life. So uh, Bob taught me a lot about spiritual warfare uh, Neil Lozano, Unbound, Bob and his wife uh, were facilitators in that, too, and I actually went to some of Neil Lozano's uh, conferences in Orlando and Pennsylvania, and what powerful prayer warriors he has in his organization. That book he wrote called Unbound is, is a must if you're trying to discern spirits. Unbound by Neil Lozano. <clears throat> Heart of the Father's Ministries, great organization. Very active in Pennsylvania, I think, this month sometime. The conference in Orlando I went to was unbelievable. You know, when I went to the Orlando conference, I actually hadn't forgiven my father totally yet, and I told this to the prayer warders, you know, I can't really forgive my father for what he did when he was drinking. And, of course, I became a worse drinker than him, so I should have forgiven him just on that but I was having difficulty. And one of the prayer warriors said to me, Joe, you have to forgive your father. And I said, why? And they said, because God is a father. And if you can't forgive your father, you'll never know God the Father. And they prayed over me. I got slain in the spirit, and I forgave my father. And within a couple of weeks, I was off the medication that I went on because of his drinking when I was 13. You know... Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us is in the Our Father, and it is the gospel. If you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. You block forgiveness from the Lord when you don't forgive other people. Okay. Enough out of me. Anybody want to call in? It would be a good time. Not everybody can agree with everything I'm saying, I'm sure, so why don't you call in and let's have a little talk. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Number seven. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. That's powerful. And most of this one John is all about love. Love your neighbor, love yourself, love your God. Love is the key to the kingdom, I think. Love and unity is the other one. Unity is the ability to work all, against all odds to become one. And love is the mechanism of doing it. There's got to be a struggle. The struggle can only be overcome with love and service of other people. Okay, number nine. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. We might live through him. And he lives through us. 
We are his eyes, his mouth, his hands. He does everything through us if we don't get in his way. That's all I have to say about that one. Ten. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins. God gives us something we need to give each other, unconditional love. When we are giving another person unconditional love, we are sharing God's love. When we don't give people unconditional love, when we put conditions on our love, we're not working for God, we're working for the other God, and we're not letting his son work through us, because his son is pure love, as is the Father pure love, and the Holy Spirit is pure love. Number 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Bingo. Love one another as he has loved us. Love one another. God loved us so much, he sacrificed his only begotten son for us. So what are we doing for God? And he doesn't expect us to do anything. He loves us unconditionally. No matter what we do, he loves us. When we sin, he loves us. He knows we'll come home. He's our father. And Jesus is our brother. And the Holy Spirit is the love that connects him, I believe, the energy. You know, if we know God the right way, we love everybody. If we love know God the wrong way, we don't. I can remember when I was growing up and we had a priest in St. Mary's School in uh, Stanford, he taught fire and brimstone, and I will tell you, I was so scared when I was in first and second grade that I, when I went to confession, all I did was lie, you know. And uh, it's horrible. Now I know that Jesus is merciful and loving and caring and uh, loves us unconditionally, you know. And the Father, we're his children. Maybe his other children, you know, he doesn't only have one son. He has sons and daughters all over the place, and we're, we're them. And we're made in his image and likeness. And he loves us unconditionally. Yeah, we have to confess our sins, and we have to know that we're sinners. And there are always going to be sinners. There was only two in this world that did not sin. Jesus and his mother. He uses our sin to save us. Our sin is our cross. We have to go through the cross to get to him. Number 12. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another... God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. There you go again. God can't live in us if we don't love and accept love. God is love. If we don't love, we're rejecting God. We're blocking him from working through us. 
13. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. I think that speaks for itself. We're all part of him. He works through us when we get our will out of the way. Free will is the enemy. God's will is the friend. Using our own will is what hurts us. The problem is, you know, we're never going to figure out God's will completely, so we shouldn't try. But the way I talk when I go to my meetings, I say, you know, if I put one foot in front of the other and take care of whatever is there that God put there, and God put, we can't have anything in front of us that God doesn't have something to do with being there, and do our best. Do your best to handle each situation in front of you without hurting anybody else or yourself. And that's the best we can do sometimes. And if we mess up, go confess and forgive ourselves immediately. The sin of unforgiveness is horrible. I can tell you that. I dealt with that for many years when I was drinking. The spirit of unforgiveness is a very hostile spirit that wants us dead. Number 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Amen. And he will save the world. He will save the people in the world. He has eternity to do it. That's what I believe. That's why we have to love everybody. Everybody's on the journey. And Jesus is everybody's God, even if they don't think he is. Number 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. <coughs> you know, I often wonder if Jesus is only going to save the people who believe in him. I don't think so. I think he's out to save everybody in the world, not just the people who believe in him. There's some people who don't believe in him in the meetings I go to that put me to shame. I can't see them going to hell. I just can't see He loves all people unconditionally, not just the people who love him. That's the way I feel. That's why this show is called Cry Oneness. We have to be one with everybody, not just the people we like. We have to love our enemies, and we have to love the people who don't believe the same as us. Love, love, love. 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. On 16, I want to share one of my locutions because it's really about, I believe the Lord said this to me, I believe it's him speaking, and it's about love, and I'm going to read it. I've shared this before, 
but it matches the scripture we're dealing with right now. So let me find it for a couple of minutes here. Google it. This is where it really hurts not having a co-host. I have to keep you with dead air while I look for stuff. Okay, love. Love is a window to knowing me. Without it, nobody can see my face. My heart is full of sorrow for those who never learn the power of love. Love accepts all and is perfect in forgiveness. To forget oneself is to love oneself. To love all is to love me, for I am love, and to be in love is to be in me. Come now into my heart and know the true meaning of divine love. In the moment, love can become perfect in the silence of one's mind. Thoughtless is fullness, and the cloud of unknowing is found pure love. I am pure love. How great is the love found in total surrender to my will. He who contemplates my word day and night is with you forever. His love is inexhaustible and almighty. His mercy endures forever. Fear no man. Remember always the truth written about Mary and Martha. I am allowed to favor and I have favorites. I am not accountable to the ACLU and I pick and choose who I favor. I came and got the people who think... They came and got me. Thinking is a human problem. Contemplation is a remedy for that. Love is the key to salvation. Start with me, then everything else will come freely. That's a powerful locution I got back in 2008 or 2009 in Vero Beach, Florida. The same year I got the photo of the Shroud of Turin face in the sky. So uh, I believe that's from him. But uh, why don't you call up? We'll talk about it. how to love. The world wasn't loving before he came. Of course, the world never is loving. He came and the only people he criticized were the Pharisees, basically, right? He came to fulfill the word, the Gospels. The people who were trying to teach people weren't doing a very good job at the time he came. came to teach love and we crucified him 20 if a man say I love God and hateth his brother he is a liar for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen how can he love God whom he hath not seen this is 
love your enemy. Everybody in the world is our brother and sister, you know? Not just our natural brothers and sisters. Everybody in the world is our brother and sister. St. Francis, right? Even the animals, the moon, the sun, the stars, we're all connected. We're all one. One creation, one creator. One Holy Spirit living among us and in everything. Brings me back to the Baltimore Catechism when I was younger. God is everywhere. God is everyone. God is everything. Love your brothers as yourself. Love God with your whole heart. It was as simple as that back in the 50s. How complicated it's gotten now. How many rules and regulations we have now. Twenty-one, and this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. You know, sometimes, years ago I was going to church and I kind of got turned off. You know, I was going and doing a rosary every day at a church and every morning when I was really working hard to get my faith back. And the people would be waiting to do the rosary outside. And they'd be doing character assassinations on other people, gossiping. You know, if you love your brother, you don't talk about him when he's not there. Unless it's something good. Okay, so that is the end of uh, 1 John 4 section. We're going to move on to 1 John 5. But over and over again, God is love, God is love, God is love. Then you have fear God. Well, how can you fear love? And what makes us think that love is going to judge us all? When love died for us. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. <clears throat> so 1 John 5, number 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that hath loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten. Everyone that loveth him, that begat loveth him, also that it is begotten of him. Whoever is love, whoever loves is love. By this we may know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. Love God and keep his commandments. Pretty simple. Especially the two biggest commandments. Love your brother. Love your God. God is everywhere. God is everyone. God is everything. So you better be pretty fond of everything if you love God. 
Number three, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Not the two major ones. Four, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. There's nothing God can't do if we get out of the way, basically. Get our free will out of the way and do His will. 100% success rate. Unless He wants to let us learn a lesson by falling. 5. Who is He that overcometh the world, but He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? The world is the cross, basically. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you're not going to get through that cross. He had to go through the cross. If we think we don't have to go through the cross, we're in for a big surprise. Life is the struggle. He uses sin to save us. Six. This is he that came by water and blood. Even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is, in, it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Not too sure what I think about that one, so I'm going to go on to number seven. For there are three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. The Trinitarian concept here. I, I, li I, I like what Richard Rohr says about the Trinity, constant outpouring of love, you know. Uh, and then he has this other thing. You know, the, the, father, the Father laughed and created the Son. The Father and the Son laughed and created the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit laughed together and created man. In other words, it was a joyous occasion, everything. The Trinity is a, a thing of joy, not a thing to be fearful of. A constant outpouring of love. Even Jesus was God. He came to show us how to live, not to tell us how to live. So if we imitate Christ in the great book on that, Imitation of Christ, that St. Therese, the little flower, kept on her nightstand, and we have the Gospels. You know, the Gospels tell us how Jesus lived. So if we live the way Jesus lived, we know we're doing a decent job, right? And we're going to fall. He fell three times. What makes us think we're not going to fall? We have, And he loves picking us up. He loves picking us up. But he can't pick us up while we're using our own will. We have to break it and accept him as our Savior. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. That's a little over my head, so I'm going to go on.
<clears throat> if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. Yeah, well, a little leery on this one. You know, you have to listen to people because God speaks through people. So you have to listen to men, and you have to discern whether it's God talking through them or not God talking through them. Ten. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in him. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. If you believe in the Father, you believe in the Son, you believe in the Holy Ghost. It's three in one. Eleven. And this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. There can be no life outside of the Christ. Jesus was here, the manifestation of the Son. However, the Christ was here from the beginning. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, he can't separate them. He allowed his Son to assume human form and show us how to live. He that has the Son has life, and he that, had, he that has not the Son of God has not life. Well, I can tell you I had no life for 35 years while I was going in my own direction before I stopped drinking. And the funny thing is, I thought I had him. I believed I had him. Now I know I wasn't even close to having him. It was all Joe, with a little bit of the evil one mixed in. Terrible way to live. Great way to live when you start doing God's will, not your own. 13. These things I have written unto you, that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You know, beyond believing is what happened to me, I think, you know. When Father Bill McCarthy came down to St. Bridget's Church and he told me to shake hands with the person on my right and shake hands with the person on my left, and congratulations, you just shook hands with Jesus, that caused a major conversion in my recovery. I was about ready to leave church because my 12-step work made me feel so much better than going to church. And uh, Father Bill saved me from leaving the church by saying that. I was about ready to just go to 12-step work and not bother with church anymore. I felt so good. So, you know, God always comes and gets us when we need to be gotten. I was the black sheep for a long time. He came and got me anyway. What a great friend I have now in Jesus. It's friendship now. I really don't believe that he wants to be worshipped, you know. He and his father didn't even want temples to be built, you recall. I don't desire temples. I think he desires to be imitated. That's what I think. 
be the change you want to see in the world. And the world needs a lot of change, so you can only do it one person at a time. Change. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. If any man see his brother's sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Too complicated for me, that one. Just put one foot in front of the other and do your best to take care of the situations God puts in your life and you'll have a happy life, I'll tell you that. And if you mess up, go to confession. <clears throat> and talk to God like he's your friend, not like he's a distant thing, because he's not. God isn't up there. He's in here. He's in us. We don't have to even talk loud to get his attention. He hears every breath. 17. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. I've told you this before. When I was down in Vero Beach, Florida, I went to this wonderful Monsignor down there in St. Helens Church. And I said, Father, I can't take this. I can't meditate. My mind is racing. You know, I'm in recovery. Uh, I try to meditate, and I can't. And uh, I told him I was concerned about some of my sins. And he said, Joe, do you know what sin means? I said, well, well I think I know. You know, when I sin, I know I sin. He said, all sin means is without God. That's what sin means. Doing things without God. You're without God. I was when I was being Joe instead of listening to the right voice. I remember I went out with Rita down in Florida. We were engaged. I used to say oh, I was so concerned about some of my sins and stuff. And, and she used to laugh at me. And she told, taught RCA, RCIA. And she said, she laughed. And I said, what are you laughing at? I'm, I'm petrified of my sins. And she says, when you sin, God laughs and says, look at all my crazy kids down there having a good time. She says, all you have to do is go to confession when you sin, Joe. Don't, you're not allowed to beat yourself up. That was a revelation, too. You know, we all sin. We have to forgive ourselves. Why go to a priest and have him say we're forgiven and then go home and think we're not forgiven? Isn't that kind of crazy? Put the baseball bat back in the closet. Stop beating yourselves up. We're going to sin. It's impossible not to sin for us humans. Mary and Jesus didn't. Nobody else is going to succeed, I'll tell you that. Not in my mind. 17. All unrighteousness is sin. 
18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Okay, that's too confusing for me. 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God, the eternal life. Amen. The last line now, line 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. It's right in my program. Don't put anybody on a pedestal. <clears throat> love God, love other people. Don't compare. Comparing is evil. Comparing is idle. Comparing, comparing causes terrible things to happen. Be happy with yourself. Don't have anybody else that you worship. Don't worship yourself either. Love yourself. Okay. Wow, 8.45 already. Okay, I'm going to give the phone numbers again. Hopefully somebody has something to say after all that, so maybe you forgot to write it down. Okay, so the cry one this phone number. 515-604-9344. Dial 515-604-9344. And when prompted to enter the code, enter 914-121 followed by the pound sign. That's 914-121 followed by the pound sign. And I'll hear you announce your name, and you'll be talking to all our friends on this show who are listening through their apps. <clears throat> the WCAT application. Okay. I'd like to talk about something else now. Uh, You know, there's such a lot going on in the world right now. And, you know, sometimes you brainstorm, you try to figure out wh where is this Antichrist that's talked about in the Bible, you know, and all these false prophets, especially the Antichrist. You know, a lot of people believe we're in the end of times. Uh, but uh, I'm not too sure about that because the apostles, when they wrote the Bible over a thousand years ago, they thought it was the end of times. They thought that Christ was going to come back during their lives, you know. But, you know, God isn't merciless. He's merciful, and he'll never let us know when the end is going to be. So I don't put too much credence in these end-of-time prophecies, even though some people said some of my poems are end-of-time prophecies. I don't see that. I see, you know, I see hope. I see that if I live in the day, I don't have to worry about anything. Every day is a gift, and if I stay in the day, I don't have anxiety or depression because anxiety is caused by living in the future, and depression is caused by living in the past. And uh, if you live in the day, you're adhering to Scripture. 
you say, Our Father, who art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. You don't ask for eternity or for your entire life. Some people, some people pray, and I used to, give me this, give me that, I need it now, you know. God laughs. He knows when we need stuff, and he knows when we don't need stuff. So uh, staying in the day is so important for me. And uh, I, I do think about things. So, like, uh, one thing I was talking about some people, you know, I drive for Uber and uh, to make some extra cash when I need it. And I'm meeting so many nice people, and we usually wind up talking about spiritual stuff. I don't know how that happens in, the, in a taxi cab, but, you know, people open up. Just today I was talking to a lady. She saw my miraculous medal on the advisor, and she asked me if I was Catholic, and we had a long discussion on Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, <clears throat> you know, so uh, it's amazing how, and I gave her a picture that I took in Vero Beach with the shroud face at the end of the call, so that's how much we talked about. She started talking about the St. Benedict's medal in the car today, so it's amazing, you know. Jesus is all over the place, and so many people love him, and, you know, sometimes you think the world's in such tough shape, but the world's the way it always was. You know, the Bible depicts a bad world back when it was written. The world's not going to change. God's way of saving people is not going to change. He's not going to stop loving us. He's not going to stop giving us situations that season us for the next life. So, getting back on track now. My apple theory. You know, the Garden of Eden and the apple and the serpent. It's kind of scary, isn't it? You know, if anybody has an iPhone, and I have an iPhone, and a lot of people have an iWatch and Apple computers, so I started thinking, wow, a bite out of the apple is the logo for Apple. And Steve Jobs, who invented the, the Apple computer, used to dress up as as Jesus at Halloween parties. And he called the iPhone the Jesus phone because it can do anything for you. And uh, he used to dress up as Jesus at Halloween parties. And then I was watching uh, a documentary on Steve Jobs, and it got even scarier. You know, he said his whole marketing scheme for Apple is, is a marketing scheme of seduction. People will be seduced into using this. And all the products created by Apple are seductive. You know, well, that's marketing too. But then I start thinking. Then another thing, in the documentary, it said that Apple closed down when he died from 12 noon until 3 in the afternoon. Out of respect for him. I said, wow, 12 to 3. That's the time that Christ was on the cross before he died. And I'm wondering that even in, in his death, this was kind of like a mockery of Christ. So uh, I'm thinking the Garden of Eden, the bite out of the apple, the mark of the beast. Every time you see an apple in the Garden of Eden, there's a serpent there, right? So, And then in this documentary... And I took a picture of this. This took me so much. There's the Apple, the first Apple computer sold. The first one with the screen and everything, the first big Apple computer. The price, 
$666.66. Weird sense of humor this guy Job's had, huh? Or are these machines that are coming between people, could the Antichrist be a machine and not a person? Have you ever thought about that? A machine that when their people are having their Thanksgiving dinners, like this Thanksgiving when I was at my friend's place, the kids have their iPhones out while the dinner's going on with a bite out of the Apple logo on the back of it. And they're talking to somebody on their iPhone instead of the family that they're with. Or they're texting back and forth. Then I start to think, computers in general, not picking on Apple, but, geez, toll, toll takers don't have jobs anymore because the computers are taking over. My job, Uber driver, they're going to have driverless cars eventually because of computers. An impersonal object is coming between people in this world right now, and the impersonal object in my mind is something I use too, computers. Think about it. Are we allowing a machine to come between families? Are we allowing a machine to think for us? We don't have to ask God anything anymore. We can ask Siri. Is there something wrong with this? I think so. I wonder if we'll smarten up before it's too late. Not just that, but look what we're doing to the environment. It was 60 degrees today, and it's going to be 25 tonight. The ionosphere over New York City is so shot that we can't hold in the heat or protect ourselves from the heat, heat rays of the sun during the day. Things are getting kind of scary. Thank God, God is still in charge. Thank God we can believe that he will love us through all the stuff that's going on. Thank God he loves us unconditionally, even though we've messed up so badly. I was brainstorming about this computer stuff, and I'm thinking, what else can computers take over? <clears throat> I'm working in the school system as a safety advocate, and... A couple of kindergarten teachers are talking in the teacher's lounge. And one teacher says, they're teaching K through 3 now, and, and first graders already have computers in their computer shops where they're working on the computers. And the teacher says to the other teacher, I can't take this anymore. And the teacher says, what can't you take anymore? And the other nice teacher says, I can't take it anymore. I put the videos on, and the kids pay perfect attention to the videos, and as soon as I start talking, they don't listen to me. In the future, are we just going to have security guards and monitors with one teacher for the whole country? This is insanity, isn't it? This is coming between God and his people. We're worshiping a machine, aren't we? I'll ask Siri today. Pretty bad. And then 
the logo, the bite out of the apple on the thing we're using, on our wrist and in our ear, on our head and on our hand, the mark of the beast. Think about it. Revelation. Could it be? Of course, I don't know, but it's scaring me a little bit. Then again, why be scared? Be the best thing that could happen if Christ came and changed all this stuff. Okay, enough of my philosophy. Read a little poem if I can find something good that suits the the mood tonight. I wish some of you would call in. It would be nice. My Life in the Spirit Miracle. I'll read this one. I'm sorry, don't have time for that. There's only a couple of minutes left. This is what I have to remember when I start getting carried away with nonsense like that, thinking that the world's coming to an end and all this other good stuff. This is what God, this is a locution I got, and I believe this is really him. It's called Mighty Love. What God says to us every time we get our own thoughts out of the way. My beloved child, Mighty is my love for you, full of mercy, hope, and grace. Before the dawn of time, I knew you. Your voice is music to my ears. When I gaze upon you, I see myself. Everything you do pleases me immensely. I call to you. I thirst for you. I bled for you. I die for you again. I feel your pains. I share your gains. I'm here for you, now and forever. Nothing can separate us except your will. Please accept me. Please don't leave me. For in the wilderness, a single candle flickers in the dark and hardened heart of time. I call to you. The path is narrow and the way is true. Come follow me. I'll make the dark a merry waltz for thee. Then you'll be mine, and we'll dance together through the end of time, one day at a time, eternity. Well, everybody, it's about that time to say goodnight. Thanks for listening to Cry Oneness. This is your host, Joe Avalos, signing off for the evening and wishing you all a blessed evening and a good day tomorrow but don't get there before it comes. Have a great night. God bless. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.